You're listening to 94.1 KPFA, Berkeley, 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, K248BR, 97.5 in Santa Cruz, or on the web at kpfa.org. The time is 7.01. Up next, Full Circle. Tonight we'll hear from participants at the 8th Annual Richmond Community Health Fair. My name is Teresa Adams, and I'll be co-hosting with the fabulous Joy Moore. We'll be right back. Last month, Bethlehem Missionary Baptist Church hosted the annual Richmond Health Fair, and KPFA was there to talk to the sponsors and vendors about some of the programs and services available to the community. This year's theme for the health fair was Health Matters. We spoke with a health insurance agent from Covered California, a writing coach, and of course, no health fair is complete without talking about the food. We sat down with the new manager at one of Richmond's organic farmer's markets, Yes, you heard us correctly. There is a farmer's market in Richmond that sells organic produce. Wow. Before we talk about the services, let's hear from Patricia Lewis, one of the principal organizers of the fair. She sat down with her apprentices Vilma V. and Joy Moore last year. Patricia says one health fair turned into a health ministry. The church's theme every year is we get it. And what they want the community to get most of all is information. The purpose of the community health fair was to collaborate to bring health awareness to our Richmond community. Our theme at our church is, we get it. So we came up with the acronym, we get it. So get moving, eat healthy, transform your life. And um, talk a little bit about um, the faith-based health ministries that are going on. I know in a lot of churches now, people have refocused on the importance of physical and mental health by eating and exercising. Talk about the health ministry at your church. Well, seven years ago, my pastor, Dr. Alvin C. Bernstein, wanted our church for our anniversary that year to come up with things that would get us out of the four walls, come up with something different. So I thought about it and I wanted to do a health fair. And from that one health fair, little did I know, it was going to become a health ministry and that we would, years later, be doing health fairs, not just at our church, but with other congregations in the city of Richmond. It was amazing to just know that there was so much information out there that was free to the community but we just needed to get that information to 
the community. And what better place to start but in the church, where there's families, and thereby getting the information out to more and more people. We started doing healthy eating and exercise in the community. We received a grant from Kaiser, and we've been doing healthy cooking and exercise classes here in Richmond, and we've taken it to the community. We've gone to the different apartment complexes, seniors, and other uh, complexes, and we've also offered it to other churches and organizations. And tell us a little bit about the illnesses and the health issues that the people in your church have to deal with. I mean, we live in the Iron Triangle, in the Chevron winds, in the industrial... I'm from the south side. Okay, so, okay. <laughs> it, 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 you know, but this whole area, Richmond, right. has always been industrial, has always, you know, been an issue, a health issue for people. Tell us about some of the special things that your congregation and, and the people in your church and your ministry have to deal with. I'm the health ministry leader at my church and I'm also the church clerk okay. at my church. Mm -hmm. So I'm dealing with funerals at the church. Mm. When you look around at the congregants, a lot of our members were obese, we suffer with high blood pressure. We have high cholesterol. We have diabetes. And we don't move. We're very sedentary. You look at a lot of the young people walking around and you see them on canes or you see them limping. And it's like, wow, I don't remember that with my parents, you know, being in my age group and younger. I just don't. And I don't remember them being so obese and so sick. And found out that a lot of our issues come from our mouth, mm. what we put in our mouth. Mm. We were conditioned to eat everything on your plate. Mm -hmm. uh, we had big plates and you went back for seconds. <laughs> and Soda. Yes. Well, now my church is a fry-free, soda-free zone. Yes! I'm loving it! I'm loving it! <laughs> and we have a sign that says it. All right. And our church also has a garden. All right. Yes, yeah, so... I love it. Um, we've just been trying to transform our church first. If we can get it together, maybe we can get other churches together and our community. It's sad to see some of our children early in the morning with a bag of chips and a soda. And that's their breakfast. It's sad when we're at the Y doing our healthy cooking and exercise and you see the children come in to play basketball and they're feeding them chips and the canned, what is that stuff? Supposedly cheese. It's terrible and mm. it's, it's killing us. Canned our, cheese, that just sounds disgusting. <laughs> So we, we have to make a difference. In our, our communities, we don't really have the grocery stores in our communities. We're in deserts now. We have to make a change.
Welcome back. You're listening to Full Circle on KPFA 94.1. We just heard from Patricia Lewis, the lead organizer for the Richmond Community Health Fair. And the song we played is from Soul Mechanics, What's Going On. Now that you've heard from the organizers, let's find out what's going on with some of the services and programs that were promoted at the fair. President Obama worked really hard to get the affordable health care passed into law. Marshawn Harris is an insurance agent, and she tells us how much progress the program has made and what we can do to get health care in California. Hello, my name is Teresa Adams, and I am here with Savander Parker and Marshawn Harris. We are here at Richmond Community Health Fair. We are here for Full Circle on KPFA 94.1 FM. How are you doing, Marshawn? I'm doing well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Um, now, we were asking a little earlier um, how long you've been with Cover California? Well, I started with Cover California in 2013, which is when the coverage was first offered to the general public. And will you give the general public a um, bit of information about Cover California and what its purpose is? So, Cover California is basically the exchange in California, most commonly called Obamacare, or sometimes you'll hear healthcare.gov, but in California it's called Cover California. And the idea is that everyone needs to be insured. And through Cover California, you can apply for health insurance. Sometimes, based on your income, you can receive a discount. And you can also apply for Medi-Cal uh, via Cover California. So if you are without insurance, this is one of the ways to be covered. And I know there is a huge gap between the covered and the uh, uncovered community here in California. So since the program has been in existence, have you seen a significant close in that gap? Well, there's been a great close in that gap, and um, that's one of the great things. Now, in the African-American community, as well as the Hispanic community, we need to close that gap a little bit more. Um, we're off a little bit, especially in the African-American community. We need to get the word out a little bit more, and there's programs that cover California that's uh, trying to do that, but um, there's definitely been a close in the gap. Marshawn, what does outreach look like in reference to Cover California? Well, there's a couple of things going on. Usually, um, outreach looks like just what we're doing today, which is going out into the community and tabling and speaking to people at churches and at community events. There's also um, commercials that are directed towards African Americans, as well as brochures and literature that is directed towards African Americans. Um, and then there's also a lot of nonprofits called Navigators that have been commissioned uh, to reach their specific group, whether that is gay and lesbian, uh, low income, um, housing shortage. There's different community groups out there that are actually in the community and enrolling people at this point in time. Okay, so you say that you need to bridge the gap a little bit more between the Hispanic and the African American community. So if those are not the groups that are um, applying for the coverage most of all, which uh, group is applying for the most coverage? Well, of course there's uh, Caucasians, but um, Asian people have actually, they have superseded uh, what their expectations was for, um, from California, California when you look at the data. So African-Americans are just off by like 1% or so. Uh, they were expecting 5% and we're like at 4 um, And then Hispanics are off a little bit more than that. But then again, they have a, other issues in like immigration and communication that they're trying to bridge the gap that way. But 
you know, people who really are trying to get health insurance, once they figure out what Calvary California is about and that they can have coverage from as little as, you know, $20 a month on up, obviously. But, you know, based on your income, you know, health insurance couldn't be affordable. So what would you say is the biggest hindrance for Hispanics and African-Americans? So, um, well, Hispanics is, is the issue of immigration and communication, language barriers and different things like that. With African-Americans, the issue is knowledge. A lot of times, especially about the open enrollment periods and what also can happen during special enrollment. Um, so during open enrollment, which is November 1st through uh, January 31st, Anyone can enroll. You don't have to prove anything. Special enrollment is outside of those time periods. And at that point in time, you do have to have a reason to enroll. In other words, you have to have lost coverage, a birth of a child, a death, moving. There's a lot of special enrollment qualifications that you may qualify for, but a lot of people don't know it. They just know that open enrollment is closed. So they don't know to go and apply. And they also don't know you can enroll in Medi-Cal anytime. There is no open enrollment period. And so the messages sometimes got confused. So they were thinking they couldn't enroll, when in fact, if you were making basically less than 16500 you could get insurance for free um, from Medi-Cal, and you don't, there's no restrictions on time period. The other issue is negative experiences they've had with uh, government entities like Medi-Cal or other programs, um, they're expecting the same experience. And so we need to make sure that people are getting out in the community and letting them know that, no, you don't have to actually go downtown and wait in line for an hour or two. You could get it in a couple of minutes and if you just um, make contact with a local enroller. And um, that's available online, that information, at CoveredCA.com. Um, so can you explain to our listeners what is the difference between Medi-Cal and Obamacare? Okay. Medicaid is basically for low income throughout the nation. In California, it is called Medi-Cal because we offer actually a little bit more. We have higher income guidelines than actually your standard uh, Medicaid across the United States um, based on the cost of living in California. Medi-Cal is free and it's free medical, dental, and vision. There are some programs that charge $13 for children, but still that's a good bargain uh, for health insurance. That's really, that, good. Yeah, really good, because it actually includes dental coverage as well as vision. And that's under Medi-Cal. That's under Medi-Cal. So there's income guidelines um, that are based on a federal poverty line and that you have to meet to get Medi-Cal. If you are above Medi-Cal, then you would look at either going directly to your insurance carrier or Covered California. The difference is Covered California takes a look at your income, the number of people in your household that's based on your tax household, not just who's living there, but who's on your tax returns. And they look at that income and they have determined how much of a subsidy or a tax credit that they're going to give you to help you pay for health insurance. And so you can have a bill from $1, $2 a month because your income is very low and you might have uh, three dependents or different things. Um, but that's all based on your income and your household size and your zip code. That's the other factor. If you go direct to the insurance carrier, it is the price is what it is. 
you know, whatever the insurance company has determined the price to be, that's what the price is, and you need to meet their guidelines. On Cover California, you could get Kaiser, you can get Anthem, you can get Blue Shield. These are all private carriers. You can get all of the, the same private carrier and uh, customer service and membership services that they offer, uh, but Covered California is what helps you to pay for it. I see. Okay, that's good information to mm -hmm. have. So have you experienced any uh, resistance from specifically the black community in accessing medical care for fear of what's going on within the doctor's office or within the hospital? What I've experienced is maybe um, there is access issues for sometimes for African Americans, where the doctors are located, how the services are provided. But really, when you're talking to me as the agent, I'm going to tell you, you know what, you have the freedom. If you don't like that doctor, change. That's not the only clinic you can go to. You could take your records and go somewhere else. And so sometimes just a little bit of knowledge about or just even opening the idea that if you don't like it, change it is really the key for that. Um, because a lot of times I just think people, they get stuck in one clinic or something and they're having a bad experience and they just haven't empowered themselves to say, no, I need to go to another clinic. And I usually get some feedback from different people about what's a better clinic or better hospitals or a better carrier. So um, like I said, as an agent, I'm really trying to make sure you have the best service possible um, so you'll continue the plan as needed until you get you know plan um, health insurance offered from your employer. What advice would you like to offer to our listeners today and what kind of services can they get from you if they okay. come to your office? There's three different ways you can get covered California. You can log on coveredca.com and enroll yourself. The thing is a lot of times what people do is they'll enroll themselves and then they end up not putting in the information correctly um, because the website is still being developed. This is still new. So it's always best to get some advice, and the advice is free from agents or navigators. So navigators are the nonprofits I was speaking about. They offer services, just which is advice on how to enroll. They'll help you if you have a few minor problems, but they can't help you in detail. Agents not only guide you, they can also offer you advice, and they'll be with you for the whole year and as well as a renewal, as an agent can actually speak to the insurance company directly about your claims as well as your billing issues, and that has come up quite a bit. That's good. And also being able to, if you have an agent who is willing to actually sign on to your Medi-Cal case, they can also speak to the Medi-Cal worker, because sometimes we have mixed households. The parents have Covered California, and the children have Medi-Cal, because those are different income guidelines. The agent can offer you more services, and then of course they offer services like uh, Medicare, life insurance, and whatever else they may offer. So, so it's kind of almost the role of a social services organization uh, without being a social so, worker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, yeah, it can be, and that's actually kind of new for brokers. Actually, that's a new direction, because I don't think in the past it really was like that at all. Um, they pretty much enrolled you and kept it moving. But, <laughs> yeah, but you know, 
I think now because it's so involved, like I said, you can have mixed households. So although we can't do anything about you know, what happens on your Medi-Cal case, we might have additional information for you, uh, tell you to say these words and call this and, you know, what this income guideline is, maybe what this is what's causing the problem. So uh, we're trying to, you know, also develop our services as the program changes. Yeah. It sounds like it's working. We just have to get more African-American families out there and more Hispanic families to, to, to enroll. enroll because Absolutely. Definitely. Everyone should have health care. Yeah. It also sounds like you're doing your job to change that around. So well, I, kudos to you. <laughs> thank you. I'm actually very interested in going out to the community, so much so that I actually founded a group called California Care, C-A-I-R. It's a group of African-American insurance agents who are willing to do just what I'm doing, which is going out to the community, to health fairs, so we can actually speak to people directly and help them get over that hurdle of procrastination as well as any misconceptions they might have about the program. So how can they reach you if they don't make it to a future event? Again, my name is Marshawn Harris, and the number is 510 682 4949 and I am in the office in San Leandro and it's called Alpha Capital Insurance Services and that's 589 Estadillo Ave in San Leandro, California 94577 and also if you just want to find some other African American agents you can go to www.ca-cair.org and you'll see a list of agents in San Francisco, San Mateo, Oakland, as well as um, some other Bay Area locations, Sacramento. So thank you so much. No thank you. Thank this you. is Full Circle on KPFA 94.1 FM, your community radio station. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us. If you just tuned in, we've been listening to an interview by Teresa Adams and Savannah Parker. They were speaking with Marshawn Harris of Alpha Capital Insurance Services in San Leandro.
And that music was Let's Get Physical by Olivia Newton-John. Up next is an interview with our very own Felicia Bridges. She spoke with June Pagalina about writer-coach connection. The organization was established 16 years ago to help high school students strengthen their writing skills. I'm talking with June Pagalinen from Writer Coach Connection. Could you tell me about Writer Coach Connection? Yes. Writer Coach Connection is a nonprofit organization that works with students on their writing skills. And we bring community members, volunteers, who we call writer coaches, into the schools to work with students on their writing. So I understand there's a process before someone can just simply volunteer and then go coach a student. What does that process entail? The process is that each volunteer will receive a six hours of training, two three-hour sessions. So in the training, we give them strategies and skills to prepare them to work with the students. And we also share our approach. Right. So writing coach, is it, is it like a tutor or it's a little bit more involved in that? For example, does it help a student develop their writing skills, say, um, for writing stories, um, writing creative projects? So what we do is we work with students on their existing English assignments. We go into the classroom and work with them. It's a good question asking about if it's similar to a tutor. The reason why it's different is a tutor is someone who will work with you on a, something that maybe you need help on. Maybe something is missing. They're trying to work on a math skill. You might not know your multiplication very well. How a writing coach is different is our approach is we meet the students wherever they're at. So we work with them on that classroom assignment, whatever they want to work on. So it's about developing their writing skills for the long term, strengthening that skill for their career, for college, for their life. Okay. So Anita Templer, she's the executive director of Writer Connection, Writer Coach Connection. Can you tell me how she started this organization? What what spawned it? So Anita Templer has been the executive director for uh, maybe a year or two now. It actually started 16 years ago when Mary Lee Cole, who's a resident of Richmond, formerly Berkeley, she recognized that her kids didn't know how to write, didn't, I mean, di excuse me, didn't have strong enough writing skills. So she and other parents went into Berkeley High and they worked with students on their writing. So it started from a need that a parent had and she worked with other parents to strengthen their children's needs. Okay, and then it just grew into this this organization. So how many schools do, does Writer Coach Connection serve? We currently serve 10 schools in the East Bay, okay. from Berkeley to Albany to Richmond and El Cerrito. And are you looking to expand, or right now you're just looking to perfect the, the schools you have now? Well, we always want to expand. Mm -hmm. we're, we're always looking for community members right. to become volunteers, mm -hmm. to work with students. And, and part of it's definitely their writing to improve that skill. But another part is for adults to build relationships with students so that we have that community connection. So I know when someone coaches someone, there is a relationship that develops. Can you tell me a success story or a story about some students that were 
coached in this program? Sure. Um, we have a coach. His name is Kent Wright. And he's a longtime coach, was a board member, is very, was, is very involved. And he worked with a student who was not that motivated to do his writing. And they worked together over the entire school year. And when Kent worked with him, the student often didn't feel, didn't do a lot in the session. But our approach is that we meet the student where they are. So Kent stuck with him the whole time. And Kent said he often took his hoodie and put it over his head and didn't do much during the session. But at the end of the year, the student wrote him a card that said, thank you for sticking with me. You are the first adult who believed in me. Amazing. I like stories like that. So you, the age range of students that get coached, they're in either middle school and high school? That's right. Is that, am I correct? Yes, that's correct. And I was going to ask you, what are what's on the horizon <laughs> for the organization? What what are the goals that they have down the line? So for so what it's about is giving young people this critical skill that they're going to need today and, and for the rest of their life. So it's about strengthening a skill that they're going to have to use. And with the advent of technology and social media and various devices, there's a way in which students and young people aren't always writing in a way that we have in the past. So it's about really strengthening and building this tool that they'll need. So it sounds like really developing maybe fundamental strengthening grammar things like that or or just wherever the students ask wherever they have a need to be strengthened that's where you guys focus on well you know grammar can often come last because when it comes to when it comes to some of the mechanics a student can learn that but what we work on is comprehension we work on how do you take this assignment and how do you think through how do you brainstorm how do you comprehend what it is so it's about understanding the writing process so that they can you so they can every assignment they can build upon so grammar actually comes at the very end we want comprehension and the whole notion of writing and learning their own voice to be uh, foremost in what we're building with them okay I know that there's some people who just love to write, but they also, um, and I'm talking about adults here, who probably would be interested in learning, but their skills may not be as strong as they wish they were. Have you heard of stories where coaches actually were able to learn along with their, the students that they were coaching? I, I haven't heard a story. Or no one wanted, probably wanted to admit it. <laughs> I mean, I haven't heard a story, um, but because we're working with students on their writing, we're definitely thinking about and, and looking at assignments and looking at different types of writing throughout the year, so we are learning. I think um, just as important is a lot of adults are learning how to be with young people, and maybe they haven't before. So for right. me, that is a skill that I think is really valuable for the coaches to sit down with a young person and learn how to be present with them right. exactly where they're at. So June, if 
someone wanted to volunteer, what are the steps? What's the process? Well, what they would do was log on to our website, ridercoachconnection.org, and they would register to be a coach and select a training. They would go through a six-hour training. And what's your website? www.ridercoachconnection.org. Can you say that again? Yes. Writer, W-R-I-T-E-R, coach, C-O-A-C-H, connection.org. Is there something that you would like to share or add to our discussion? I would simply add that if you're somebody who part of what your mission is is to be in the public schools and to work with a young person, to consider volunteering to be a writer coach because we will shepherd you from beginning to end and give you that opportunity to fulfill that mission if that's part of what you'd like to do. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Well, thank you, June. From Writer Coach Connection, this is Felicia Bridges with KPFA 94.1 FM, Berkeley. And this is Full Circle. Twisting and turning and running and kicking my shoes up on the path of my life. No, there's no hesitating and something is waiting for me. I know I'm gonna survive. For when I feel I've had enough and things get in my way. Well, I know that times get tough. So I'm here to say, oh, think positive oh, of how good life is. Oh, Everything happens for a reason on this journey of life. Oh, please stay a while. Oh, Cause everything always looks great with a smile. Oh, that was Think Positive by Mike Brittanell. And tonight on Full Circle, we're highlighting some of the participants at the 8th Annual Richmond Community Health Fair, which our Full Circle crew recorded live. Last, but definitely not least, is everyone's favorite subject. The topic of healthcare would not be complete without a conversation about food. Teresa and I sat down with Aaron Coleman. He is the new manager of the Richmond Certified Farmers Market at 24th and Barrett Streets. They bring organic produce to the neighborhood. We are here at the Richmond Health Fair, but one of the most exciting things about Richmond right now is the farming scene is blowing up in Richmond. We got Urban Tilth, and we got Planning Justice, and now we have Aaron. Coleman from Richmond Certified Farmers Market, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. Since 1984. Yes. All right, well, tell us a little bit about what you do, Aaron. Actually, I, I manage the market over at uh, 24th and Barrett every Friday from uh, 7 to 5 o'clock in, in the evening, and we're 12 months a year. So we're, we're open every every Friday. We're even open on Christmas this year. So so we're, we're really there and uh, open ready to do some, some business for the people, you know. And where do you get your produce from? So we have farmers from, I think it's four or five different counties, uh, as far as Monterey, as close as uh, Modesto. Okay. So uh, some of these farmers have been dealing with the Richmond Certified Farmers Market since the existence of the market. So you're, you're talking 20 plus 
almost 30 years of so many farmers. Right. So how long have you been doing this work? So I, I took over as manager like nine months ago. They okay. basically gave me an offer I couldn't refuse. Oh. I, I literally couldn't refuse it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, I was actually on the board four, four years prior to that. So the previous manager retired. He was you know, 74 years old, decided to move to Idaho and retire, kick his feet up. Wow. So, yeah, he, so he had like 12 years of service, so... So basically, I was. They asked asked me, you know, a month prior, you know, did I have any interest? And I said, Yeah, I, I, I can kick that around. Well, I kicked it around, all right. They they kicked me. <laughs> so anyway, I took over as a manager, like I said, about about nine months ago. Here we're at a health fair, mm-hmm. and you're selling organic produce. Mm-hmm. How important is that for the health? Do you think of, of of Richmond citizens and people just in general? Why is it important that what the work that you're doing? With all the environmental toxins that we're facing some seen and some unseen um, some stated and most unstated you, you you have to put purity in your body so as of right now the farmers market is producing the best quality of produce mm. there is outside of you growing it yourself okay and I do recommend to people you know put your best foot forward for your body you know because I hear all kinds of statements oh you know it's an organic kind of expensive I'm like it's a lot cheaper than death uh-huh. Ooh, that's an interesting way that's to put it. That's a good one. You know, we always have these fads that people, kale is in, broccoli is mm-hmm. in, asparagus is in. What do you think that um, most of the community um, wants now? What's in demand? Well, I tell you, funny you say kale, you know, you know that's black green, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a traditional African-American yeah. green. Um, for instance, like at the certified, uh, Richmond Certified Farmers Market, our clientele is, 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 is everybody. I mean, we have a humongous Hmong community. Um, Oh, Asian community. We also have a humongous Latino Indian community. We also have, you know, African-American and also uh, uh, European-American um, community also. So we have, we cover the spectrum. So once you're at that market and it's, you have everybody in there entertaining each other, talking and whatnot, you'd be amazed what's in individuals' bags, you know. So you might, you might have came for collard greens or mustard greens, but you might leave with, with bitter melon. Right. Yeah, there's a great cultural diversity here in Richmond. And this did used to be farmland before Chevron. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 it's okay. Um, I am interested to know, um, do you think that there will be an increase in the number of uh, organic farmers, that farmers markets that we'll see in the area since it's become it's more popular now? You, you th- you, well, the, you know, the, the, the only thing that's hampering... The, a total explosion of, of organic farmers markets or farmer organic farmers and farmers markets is the cost, you know. Um, but now that it's so much in demand, um, it, it's like so you know all the big box stores have organic now, and 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 and, a, and there are bigger companies getting into this organic thing, so the prices are starting to come down. But our market farmers, like three for certain, qualify higher than the, the organic standard. Because what most people don't realize, organic farmers still have spray. They still can spray. So it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a allotment of spray. They say, uh, uh, what's the word I want to use? Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a limit that, that's suitable or acceptable limit, mm-hmm. you know? So our farmers, uh, for instance, one, one of our fruit farmers, Ponzi, he's uh, in the uh, Modesto area. He doesn't spray at all. He makes his own fertilizer. So mm-hmm. he certifies above organic standard. Mm-hmm. And then we have Dua Lee, whom is a Hmong farmer out of Fresno. The organic inspectors go to his farm, have been to his farm, to figure out what are you doing to, 
to qualify as high as you qualify, you know, mm -hmm. above the organic standard. And, and basically, he uses his hands. He doesn't use a lot of machinery, and they love the land. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! You know, and when you eat it, you can tell this is love. It is it's similar to eating something out of your backyard, and that's right. you know rare. You know? Well, that's the one thing Joy always says to us: the food responds to how you feel about it. So exactly. it's nice yep. to hear you say that. Yep. Confirm that. That's like when, like, say if you go to a friend's house and they're throwing the food on a plate. Hey, man, don't, don't beat my food up. Right. <laughs> I got to eat that, you know? Exactly. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm a gardener as well. I yes, teach gardening. And I'm working to elevate the status of good food in our society, you mm -hmm. know, that we don't just stop at a window and fill up on junk because it's convenient and cheap. Because in the long run, as you said, you're contributing to your health or lack of it. Yes. And if you don't eat properly, you won't live long and you won't have a healthy, productive life. And that's, what's the value of that? Y you yeah. Know? Yeah. How, how do you put a monetary value on that? You got you to gotta think and eat to live. Thank you. And it was a lot of wise brothers and sisters that, that, that coined that statement, you know, years, some years ago, you know, eat to live, not live to eat. One suggestion I can give to the folks listening, before you put it in your mouth, see if you can read the label if you're eating packaged goods and see if you can understand what you're reading. Yeah. Because yeah. they'll give you the contents of it and they'll give you calorie counts, but they never tell you the amount. Right. Of, I can't even pronounce some of the what's stuff. What's in the package or what's in it. Yeah. And, you know, some unpronounceable things. But that's what we need, cooking. Yeah. Because it's the other thing. We can, you can grow all the food you want. If you don't know how to prepare it, store it, use it then it's a wasted uh, resource yeah yeah so cooking goes along with farming anyway so what information are you providing to the community here today at the health fair so so one of the main things is letting them know that we're on 24th and Barrett every Friday come on out because what I have seen is a huge influx of folks coming through but I'm telling you what's lacking is is African-Americans uh -huh. you know to have such a density in Richmond steel yeah, really? yeah, no, we're not. We, when we come out, we buy selective stuff. We buy different stuff, but we buy selective stuff. We, we don't dig in. It's not 80% it's not of our diet. We're not flocking to this market first thing in the morning because we got to get the freshest of the fresh and we want the best of the lot. You know, we, we show up a little bit later and we're just buying, you know, little stuff. So I try to share as much as I can with all the patrons, but I'm really making a point to, to share. Uh, a lot of information with my African-American brothers and sisters for the simple fact, we got the highest numbers, the highest negative numbers of every... High blood pressure, yeah. heart disease. E every negative medical number, we got the highest count. Right. So so that's, if, if I got the platform, I'm going to use it. Well, we hope that they hear you and <laughs> make a change, as Joy was saying, make a change in the way they eat. Do you think a part of it is because we, um, I find this in my family sometimes, we're so, we're stuck on what we grew up with and we don't mm -hmm. want to change, we don't want to try new things. Do you think that has a lot to do with it? Yeah, I see it all the time. They might see a, a different looking melon. It might look similar to a zucchini, but it's not a zucchini, so they won't buy it. But it's even more flavor, uh, better tasting than a zucchini. But since it's not something they're familiar with, they won't, they won't buy and I think it's just going to be the exposure, more and more exposure. And, you know, and another problem is people aren't taking the seriousness of, of, of this food that, that it takes a lot of energy to produce uh -huh. food. So if it's readily, readily available and cheap, you might want to question it, uh -huh. you know, because if, if they're charging $5 a pound for organic peach, but then also then there's a peach next to it that's not organic and it's $2 a pound, 
I'm probably going to ask the question of why is that peach $2 a pound and find out why. That's good to know. I see that in the supermarket quite a bit. Yeah. So, so you know, the keynote for organic is limited spray. It's supposed to be non-GMO and, you know, supposed to be pure. Well, see, so if you buy stuff that isn't organic, so you, you don't know what the process is. So it could be GMO, which is genetically modified organism, or it could be GE, which is genetically engineered. And there's a difference. There's a difference. One is created straight into the lab, and one it can be a, a natural organism that's been modified, right? So then you get a peach that started its journey from Central America four months ago, and it finally made it here, right? So when they picked it, it was green. Mm -hmm. Right, so they put wax, they put all, all kinds of ripening agents on it, they put preservatives on it. So when you eat a peach that that's non-organic, especially if it's coming from out of the United States of America, you're eating a peach that's basically you, you don't know where the origin is, you don't know, you know what the contaminants are. Wow, you thank know? you. Well, you refer to the standards. So the USDA standard is very low for uh, organics because for one of the things is they say that oil is organic. Mm -hmm. But um, and what I'm, I know, what I've learned about organic, that it goes beyond just the chemicals that you use. It's how you treat the land, mm -hmm. how you treat the employees, mm -hmm. um, how well you conserve and use um, resources respectively that are sustainable. Mm -hmm. So it's a bigger, larger definition. Have you found that there's a, a conflict between what the USDA requires as a standard and how does it affect people's buying, if at all? You know, it, it's, it's, it's a standard. That's a good starting point, mm. but it's not the best stopping point. Okay. You know, dig in a little bit deeper, buy local, so you can talk to these farmers. That's one benefit about the farmers market because a lot of times the farmers are actually right there. You can say, mm -hmm. hey, well, do you use fungicide? No, I don't right. use fungicide because that's a, that's another process that people don't understand. There's like four or five different processes before that fruit gets on the vine. So you got fungicide, you got herbicide, you got pesticide. You know. And, and so on and so forth, and then you know, then you finally get to the finished product that they spray and wax, and this is a piece of fruit, not a McDonald's French fry. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I, 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 to answer that question, I, I think the best best option for anybody is shop local, get familiar with your provider. You know, it's like anything else. Get 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 familiar with your provider, and then uh, take it from there. And then you'll you then you'll start getting your own standard of taste and feeling like. Okay, they say this is one thing, but this isn't one thing. Because, prime example, my wife bought a organic apple from a retailer, right? Organic apple. She bought it four weeks ago. The apple's still around. Wow. It's organic. Yeah. Now, you buy apple from Ponzi's Farms and Richmond Certified Farmers Market, right. you got a week. Right. You put it in the refrigerator, you got two weeks. Right. And then the apple goes and does what it's supposed to do. Right. You know, green and ripening, brown and rotten. Right. That's, that's the process. All right, thank you. Did you have anything else, Teresa? No, but thank you so much for providing some great information to our listeners. We really appreciate it. And thank you for your work. You know, it's like, it's not as rare as it used to be, but still, African-American farmers and African-American farmers market managers are still rare. But it's a growing breed, and we're very, very proud and happy and honored that you're here and uh, you were willing to share your time with us. Thank you, guys. I'm also a, a big-time supporter of KPFA. I, I, I listen to it weekly. Oh, you know? right. nice. All right. We were just speaking with Aaron Coleman. This is Joy Moore, and I'm here with Teresa Adams. This is Full Circle on KPFA 94.1 FM, your community radio station. Nutrition Ration. Ration.
Alright, stop, collaborate and listen Mr. H has got a lesson on nutrition Ask yourself what you're putting in your system Fill up on that good fuel, no dismissing Feeling like a rock star, your body's like a sports car Driving to stay on par, got it so far? Wouldn't want you feeling confused, feeling fooled Follow Michael Pollan's book on food rules Let's start with a little food for thought Stick to the foods that'll eventually rot For instance, you know those Oreos Processed food you should forego If Grandma Ma does not recognize it As a real food, then you should despise like it Like hydrogenated, barely pronounce it If it sounds like a chemical, better bet trounce it Eat real food, baby Eat real food, baby Eat real food, baby Eat real food, baby this lesson is jumping. jumping. False food claims, miss, we're debunking. Avoid food products making health claims and the ones with light non fat in their names. Avoid the foods advertised on TV. Eat. Mostly plants, really, really, really leafy. Like Every language calls it the same, like Big Mac. Put it in the food hall of shame. The wider the bread, the sooner you'll be dead. If you eat meat, check, see how it was fed. Yo, listen up. When you drive through a drive through, fast food fools, nutrients deprive you. Hold up. Sipping supersized sodas, loads of sugar, hurting health, getting older. Look at the list of ingredients. On the label, more than five, advise leave off your table. Veg out on fruits and veggies. Eat as much as you want to fill your belly. Just like a rainbow, eat so many colors. A nutritional pot of gold you'll discover. Less is more. Small portions on your plate. Overindulge translates to overweight. Here's a tip next time you're at your grocery. Shop the perimeter fresh foods like poultry. Hopefully, take these ideas to heart. Eat locally. Give your health a fresh start. Cook for yourself, not rely on a baker. Because they get control of the salt shaker. Eat sweet foods as you find them in nature. Rather add in sugar to give it flavor. Flavor, flavor, flavor. So what you're saying is that we should eat real food, baby. Eat real food, baby. Eat real food, baby. Eat real food, baby. Organic. Paychecks in a panic Probably should apply to produce and botanics Eat less red meat, more fatty fish like salmon If this is news, diet needs to be examined Stop cutting carbs, crazy fat diets Teach yourself how to cook, not fry it Straight to the point, to the point, no faking Cooking these rhymes like a pound of bacon You must eat slow, in moderation Stuff yourself silly, obese, you'll be facing If you like sweets, treat treats as treats yes. Only live once, sometimes you gotta cheat Break these rules once in a while No feeling guilty, won't be no trial song gives you ambition to improve your nutrition. Eat real food, baby. Eat real food, baby. Eat real food, baby. Eat real food, baby. Yo, man, let's get out of here. Word to nutrition. A Mr. H. That was the nutrition rap by Andy Horn. Tonight, we've been listening to interviews with community organizations from Covered California, Ryder Coats Connection, and the Richmond Certified Farmers Market at the annual Richmond Health Fair. Now, we want to take a moment to congratulate the members of Group 40 on their honoring ceremony. Can you believe it? 40 groups have come through their apprenticeship program since it was established 32 years ago. Congratulations, Josiah, Vika, JC, Ron, and Zakia. We would also like to thank the wonderful companies that contributed to our celebration. Special thanks to Coca-Lay, 
Cheese Board Pizza Collective, Picante, Plantano, Semi Freddy's, Talavera, Zan's Parisian and Mediterranean Specialties, Fast Imaging Print Shop. All the instructors and mentors of the First Voice Apprenticeship Program. Thank you very much. Couldn't have done it without you. Great celebration. That brings us to the end of tonight's show. Tune in next week to Full Circle at 7 p.m. right here on KPFA. Check out our website at kpfaapprentice.org. There you can listen to our past shows and see pictures of us and some of our guests. Our executive producer is Miss M. Our technical director is Freewheeling Frank Sterling. Joy Moore, the fabulous Joy who's here with us tonight, is our production consultant. Teresa Adams and Miss M are the board operators this evening. Special thanks to the remote crew who went out with the equipment. Tonight, we featured the music of Soul Mechanics. You can catch them at Yoshi's at Jack London Square, Friday, September 9th, 10 p.m. Please support this band. They are fantastic. We've been your hosts. I'm Teresa Adams. And I'm Joy Moore. Thanks for joining us tonight on Full Circle. Stay tuned for La Onda Bajita. We'll go out tonight with a little more music from Soul Mechanics.